Welcome to Seishura, the Music Explorers podcast. I'm Jim Jam. I am Scoot Magoot. And uh, as as Prince, you know, said in uh, in Purple Rain, let's let's get crazy. Let's go crazy. <laughs> let, let, let's get nuts. Think about the purple banana. But however that lyric goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, anyway, so uh, let's get into this. Uh, we, we we decided to do um, album dares this week just kind of you know forcing each other to listen to something that we've been you know spinning recently that that's been like more interesting uh to us as of late and um scott recommended um psychotic waltz's social grace which i so going into this i purposely did not look up anything about psychotic waltz um, I actually thought the band was called Psycho Waltz for some reason <laughs> at, at one time because I I I don't know I I'd like to say I have a poor memory but it, I I guess it comes and goes um, so yeah so I I didn't look into this at all and just looking at the album cover of this thing I'm like what type of fucked up shit is this album like <laughs> yeah so if I can just real quick. The go, way go I encountered this album, because it's a little bit of a... It's more well-known than I thought it was when I first encountered it. And this was a couple of years ago at this point. Um, Eden over Heavy Blog did a heavy rewind on it. And I, I knew nothing about the album, but I, I, I thought the cover was really cool. It just it it grabbed is. my attention. It looked like one of those like late 80s, early 90s, kind of that, that ballpark album artwork style. And I gave it a listen. At the time, I was kind of just dipping my toe in the world of uh, prog metal, uh, as I think we've talked about before, Leprous was really the band that helped push me over and, and mm-hmm. hey, I might like this. Um, but this was an album that just has has kind of stuck with me ever since. I, I found that when we did our CD buys, if you recall from a few episodes ago, uh, I found this and one of their other albums. I don't remember what it was called. I just, I grabbed it because they were both 98 cents. And like oh, I literally could not, <laughs> could not pass that up. You know, they, I probably would have paid much more than that if you know yeah. I found them. So the fact that they were literally less than a dollar, I, I just immediately grabbed it off the shelf. Um, I mean, it's like I I would pay more than a dollar for 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 this stuff. Just you know, spoilers, but yeah. yeah. So um, actually, the, before I give the, my my thoughts on it, I I, I am really interested because this is what there, there sometimes there are album like. When I we did an album dare and I gave you Animal Collective, I I knew you weren't gonna like. Like I just I knew you were not well, gonna like but it. But see, see, that's the thing is, is like I actually don't mind Animal Collective. Like I, I I like the idea of them. But you happen to give me Strawberry Jam, which is um, I why like just yeah, why Scott? But I think why? that's that's what I mean is that it's it's not my favorite. It's probably my least yeah. favorite Animal Collective so, product. W- w- why weren't you just like, hey, Jimmy, you know, like, let's listen to Merryweather Post Pavilion because well, like, the, the, that's the, an actual good album. The point <laughs> is that we're supposed to, you know, albums we've listened to recently, and that was, I just bought that, I think it was like $10 on vinyl, and it caught my eye. So, okay. but this one, okay. yeah, I was, I've been listening to it a lot, and I was like, you know what? I feel like this is something Jimmy would either like or, I don't think you'd, I didn't think you'd hate it. I thought you'd be at mid, I, like probably like middling on it at worst. You know, but. The, the, there's I I mean maybe I'm speaking too soon for but for myself, but like maybe I'm talking out of my ass even. But like I, 
honestly, I, I don't like most music these days that I listen to. Like, I don't really hate any of it. Like, mm. even if I listen to something that's like, you know, not exactly positive, I, I'm not, you know, um, I'm not as negative as I used to be on it because mm-hmm. I think it's just like, oh, it's just not for me. It's not my jam. Maybe mm-hmm. it will be one day, but it isn't right now. Uh, Actually, but, I totally agree that there, there's very most of the time it's either indifference or like kind of slight negativity. There haven't been. Yeah, I actually can't even easily think of an album off the top of my head this year that I thought was just straight up bad. Yeah, um, and I think the other thing is like, like if I was listening to something that was legitimately bad, you know, I I just would stop listening to it. Like, like I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't torture myself and listen to the whole thing. Yeah. Um, unless it was one of these album dares, but <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a little bit different. Uh, anyway, though, I, so I, I texted Scott earlier this week because we were talking about, uh, to, to just because I, I was like halfway through this album and I'm like, this is, the, this is metal Jethro Tull. Like yeah. this is, this is heavy metal Jethro Tull. What, and, you know, uh, Jethro Tull is metal. They won a metal Grammy. Oh, shut the... F- I, we're, not, we're not getting into this. The, I knew, see, I knew the, I'd get you with I, that. I know, the, but my, um, my, my base metalhead instincts kind of flare up at, at, the, at the mention of, of, of that uh, Grammy Award. <laughs> but, oh, man. <laughs> um, so, I, I actually really like Death Rotel, though. Like, I really like... I think they're a fucking amazing band. Like, Thick as a Brick and Aqualung are, like some of my favorite albums i I think they're just immensely talented um so you know to hear something like a metal equivalent of it which i I think is really um i think it's doing psychotic bolts of injustice because i i think that they definitely have their own thing going on and i would say that you know like those flute sections i think there's only like what one track on like the second half of the album, yeah, they're, they're pretty sparsely used. Yeah, yeah, like you know, it's it, like I would say the the references to Jethro Tull are very very light because I, I think Psychotic Waltz has got a completely different thing going on here, um, you know, because it's just it's really caught up in like that early you know because well, this came out what, like nineties right. I think early 90s, yeah. I think yeah, they, they started it, in, like, 89 or something. Yeah, because it has, like, that 90s prog metal feel to it mm-hmm. that it's, like, like, like it feels like they're, they're, like, one step away from being, like, a power metal band almost. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, great. Which yeah. is kind of surprising for coming from you. Um, but, yeah, so I, I, I really like this. I thought this was really cool. The, this, uh, the vocals were fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, I thought it was really great. To be fair, I only listened to this once. Um, I just, I, I really don't know why. I think it's mostly because I've been trying to finish four books at once, and um, your mind kind of ends up like fizzling out <laughs> at, at some point during that. So, um, yeah. I, I'll have to say though, I, I really, I thought it was really cool. I, I actually really liked not researching the band until i was like halfway through the album because i i when i hear a name like psychotic waltz and i see that album cover i'm like i I just i had no fucking idea what to expect and and Mm -hmm. i love i love that type of surprise um part of me was for some reason thinking that it was like a kraut rock band for for some reason i i i can't explain that to you at all like the reasoning behind that but (laughs) nonetheless so uh yeah it was I, it was super cool. I, I I don't know like like I wouldn't count this as something that I'd be like I need to go out and buy immediately, 
But like, you know, if I found another copy of it for like 98 cents, like you did, like I would buy the fuck out of it. Yeah, so. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, let, let's, let's talk about your, uh, feelings about this really quick. Yeah. It's just, it, it, it surprised me because I, um, I had preconceived notions about my thought. Like I, at the time I found this a couple years ago, I was very much, this is my lane. This is my, I mean, you might be surprised that actually a little, maybe like a few weeks ago, a month ago at this point, I listened to a Blind Guardian album. I think it's Nightfall on the Earth. And I enjoyed it. And what? I think that my my tastes slowly have started oh, to change. And the, I th- the, that, that's... The, 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 that's great, but it also sucks because I was really hoping to try to like force you to listen to a power metal album at some point and like find one that you actually like. Uh, uh, so. I think it was. It started with <laughs> I don't know if it started with a specific album, but just in general being more. Uh, I think it bene- I benefited from this having more of a not like a grotesque album cover, but more of kind of a weird, off kilter album yeah. cover because it, it attracted me more than other. Kind of proggy power metal-y and i'm glad you mentioned that that it really is on the cusp of or, or like it's like a prog it, it, a darker it, it's, prog it's close it's close but it's not quite yeah. there like i i don't think we'd be doing the band a service if if we uh if we were like oh yeah they're power metal it'd be like calling iron maiden power metal like you can hear parts of it but like you know, I, I think it's more like other bands took that specific sound and expanded it. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, it just it really, it really resonated resonated with me, and it's it's been an album I've I've wanted to buy for a while. Um, I, I appreciate how, um, it's you know it, it's it's not too clean or it's not too uh, yeah. cheesy or anything like that. It just it strikes the right balance in a lot of different areas and you know more importantly it, it because i came to it not really being at all familiar or even really open to i think around the same time i then i checked out um pain of salvation and other okay. yeah. other kind of like moodier darker prog metal bands like not really experimental or avant-garde but just a little bit more somber in some areas or a bit From more like this, that's like the same era though pain of salvation's around there yeah right? so yeah. you know definitely a bit more um adventurous in a way not not so much uh just all the way over the top prog metal or 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 power metal or anything like that and i'm really glad i gave it a shot i mean i think that's why uh, not to get too much off on this tangent but i think that's why album cover matters so much because i i I actually i'm I'm glad you talked because i wanted to talk about the album cover too but yeah because go ahead I think yeah. to me it's it's obviously you know there are plenty of, of bad or albums I enjoy that I think have bad covers that obviously the fact that the music is great overshadows it and then vice versa we're like wow that cover's so cool and then I listen to the music I'm like oh, oh that's uh, okay yeah um, the, that's the thing like, like this album cover is it's weird because it, it, it's sort of uncanny because it's like it's good but it's not good at the same time yeah like like it's it, it's Oh god, the, the the best way I can put it is like, it, it, it like I remember as a child, like my grandmother on my mother's side had these paintings of clowns in her apartment, uh, on like ceramics, and like you know, I, for, so from a compositional point of view, fine, but like 
like an aesthetic point of view though like feeling you're like oh this is a little weird man yeah like it, it like th- that's the best way i can describe it and, and i'm not saying that this is a negative because i i, I think it's it's you know it, it's cool to have those type of album covers that just like kind of pull you mm-hmm. uh like, like I, I was listening to uh apex twins uh you know if I, I i care i care because you do mm-hmm. um which has like you know his self-portrait on it uh you know it like that's a weird album cover too <laughs> yeah like, and, and it just like it, it throws you for a loop and it's fun so yeah yeah i no, think it, i think that's a, a great point because uh i uh the more i look at it the more like it it, it does it kind of creep me out because at first i was like oh that's striking and then i because uh, i think i made yeah, I made the banner for it, or I must have, because that's kind of just what I do. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I <laughs> grabbed it. Banner, and, bitch. <laughs> yeah. And I just, uh, I'm gonna wear that with a badge of honor. I like that. Um, it, it, it's a, you know, it, it's a noble, it's a noble station. <laughs> it's a noble to title. Yeah. Noble duty. But yeah, I like I grabbed it just for the banner, and then when I actually went to just downloaded from Google Images, when I went to put it in the thing, I was like, oh wow, that's. Wow, there's yeah, a lot I, more. Unsettling. To, there's a lot more to that. That's that's a little bit more creepier it, than I first thought. It, it kind of reminds me of the Pink Moon album cover, but like, oh yeah, I can see that. But, yeah, but, but 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 like just like a hint more disturbing. Yeah, I could totally because see that. Like, like Pink Moon is more somber mm-hmm. than anything, whereas this is like <laughs> like it's I like you 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 know the um the power metal band uh, Ed guy. Yeah, yes. guy. Yep. Yeah, like the, they always have a jester uh, for like their album covers, I think, and like the, the, that's what it kind of reminds me of. Uh, either that or like, um, oh, do you, you ever seen like any of the album covers for like Bruce Dickinson's solo albums? Uh, I don't think so, actually, because those things are like some of them are like horrendous, but it kind of reminds me of that. But uh, like again, it's it it's not like a so bad it's good thing it's it's just like it, it just takes you aback for a second and and i think that that feeling is is really cool um all things considered so because it's it's, it's not like full-on cringe yeah exactly <laughs> it's, it's just like very mild mild cringe mild um, cringe love it <laughs> yeah okay so uh you, you ready to move on yeah no i'm okay. i'm really glad you like this i was, I was yeah you would, it was, and, um, it was a great this choice is exactly man. what this uh segments for yeah yeah i'm definitely glad that i i tried it out um so my pick this week i i i i really couldn't pick anything because like last week was a weird music week for me like i didn't really have anything on that i'm like oh scott hasn't heard this because you know I, but um i recently bought uh the self-titled towns van zandt album um and you know scott you'd never heard it so i thought let's let's talk about it um which you know, I I don't have a whole lot of footing in country and folk, and so like this was a really cool. Um, it was it was pretty much a blind purchase because I had never listened to it before buying it, and uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I I thought it was just a really neat blend of country and folk in a way that, like, I think it took the strengths from both genres and sort of expunged the weaknesses from them like i like i think folk can get a little boring at times i think punk like country can get like you know like maudlin i guess mm-hmm. uh, and like just saccharin and um you know he managed to make he managed to write you know 
an album of songs. I mean, it's it's only like it's a little over half an hour, but you know, every track was really compelling, and you know, really had this personal edge to it that I really liked. So, uh, but I, I really want to hear what um, but what you thought of this. It's, it's actually really funny you you picked this because this has been, um, you know, I always try to have. And I don't always succeed because there's only so many genres and there's only so many genres that I'm, you know, aware of at a given time or have the capacity or, or you know, desire to really dive into. Mm-hmm. But uh, country and country folk and all country and that kind of broader um, sphere, uh, especially country, because I, I've historically been anti-country for most of my music <laughs> listening life. But th- this has been a genre I've wanted to explore a lot more um, and it kind of came at a perfect time because I, I I don't know if I would have been open to this oh, even a few months ago I think I was still very much anti and I totally agree that he does a great job blending uh, folk with country and and kind of uh, uh, heart, heartland genres you know Americana like just get you take your pick those kind of uh, rootsy genres but yeah at its core I mean this this very much is as uh, is a country album or at least pulls from very strong country elements. And something I found which is interesting is that uh, that's true for a number of artists I thought were just straight up, you know, like I have been getting more into Willie Nelson, um, into, you know, Neil Young and other artists. And I think artists that I, I cast off as stereotypically country have a lot more depth to it than you might give them credit for, or at least I might give them credit for. Um, Unless you're Brad Paisley. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, th- I think that's a great point, is that um, country was all about... Uh, it was actually uh, something that I believe when Fantano, he did an opinion video about the fact that um, Old Town Road was taken off country charts. He mm. linked to this video an artist had made about how, how derivative mainstream country is. And I think that listening to artists like Willie Nelson and Neil Young and, and you know, contemporary... Like, uh, I bought a, a, a great album from Katie Lang recently and uh, Lucinda Williams and, and there's just a number of artists that really do the style uh, justice Sturgill actually Simpson. yeah Sturgill Simpson yeah. is actually was another artist I found really cheap at a record store in Concord New Hampshire uh, his name is Richard Buckner and he, he does a really interesting take on country and I think it goes to artists like um, Towns Van Zant that focused on what makes country so great and I'll admit I only listened to this a few times while I was at work, so I can't say that I was able to dive in the lyrics, obviously, because I was, yeah. you know. But something that is really comp- I, I find really compelling about older country and, and older folk in this kind of sphere, and obviously artists that take from this tradition, is how much it, it's all about storytelling. It's all about creating a narrative, creating uh, music that builds on that atmosphere, mm-hmm. and something that I thought uh, towns or that he did that distinguished him from the pack is kind of like that Nick Drakean subtle somberness. Uh, I don't mm. know. Like he just kind of throughout this record and I actually ended up li- listening to um, Apple music has an essentials playlist on the next, next steps or deep cuts. I forget what it was called playlist. I put that on after it had a few songs on it on from this album that were on that playlist just to kind of get a better sense. Cause he has quite a big discography. I wasn't sure where to start. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? It's right there. Why not? Um, but he just has a, an air of 
sadness to him, which in re-listening to um, oh, the guy behind Purple Mountains and, and Silver Jews. Yeah, yeah uh, uh, David Berman. Thank you. I'm so bad with names. But <laughs> in re-listening to his work, like I put on American Water uh, this weekend, Silver Jews, and, and was listening more to it. Like even if you don't listen to the lyrics, which obviously when you listen to the lyrics, you get you know the sadness to it. But even when you just listen to the way he's delivering it, the tone and the music... Um, you could tell that you know it's coming from a little bit more an air of, of darkness, um, and it doesn't mean all these songs are really sad on, on this album or the other Townsend's dance songs I listened to. But definitely there was a heavier air to them. There was more emotional breath uh, behind it than other artists of the same ilk. Yeah. Um, and beyond that, I just I just think he did a really great job musically. Like I I just I, I truly feel like this is some of the most well orchestrated because it's something that I might criticize Willie Nelson about is a lot of his songs are a little bit short for my liking at least some of the albums I've listened to and they feel a bit more intended to be a bit more digestible I don't know if that's fair to say that's just my take on it but I feel like Towns Van Zandt struck the perfect balance between being a kind of approachable country folk um, style of songwriting but also had depth to it really had put a lot into each song and it wasn't mm. uh, it was meant to be you know approachable and accessible and just enjoyable but not to, so much to the point that it was that was the whole purpose he was able to take depth and make it approachable versus just making a song that you could you know have put little skin in the game about and, and listen to I, I i feel like each of the songs on on this album uh which it was interesting to see that this, how much uh, music he had released, because I always got the sense based on his story that he was one of those uh, artists that died young, but he did have no, he, he did he, quite he a story. died in like two thousand or something like. Yeah, that. he had quite a storied career. I think it was yeah, it was either early two thousands, late nineties. After being, yeah. uh, and I think what I got that from is he didn't seem, from at least my research, to get as much credit as he deserved. He kind of was mm. a cult. Um, a cult artist for much of his career, which I, I think is a shame. And um, it's always interesting why certain artists fall in that category. You know, why certain artists just don't break through and why it takes so much longer. We'll, we'll be getting to that very soon today. But yeah, no, that, that, yeah, that's a good, <laughs> nice, subtle segue. I may, love it. May, may, maybe we can use that as our segue. <laughs> yeah, because but, I don't know if you have anything else to say. Uh, I mean, I, uh, no, I just. I, I think this is great. I I really can't wait to you know listen to uh, more country. You know, uh, maybe more of more of his albums. I don't really know. I I'm not predicting the future in any way. I I actually um, I found an app the other day that you, it can uh, it'll like you can make a list and it'll randomly like decide a choice from that list. Oh, that's so cool. I ended up writing just like a ton of genres down onto it, and I'm just gonna try to do that. You know. Uh, every few days and just see where it takes me so nice yeah uh so to to, to badly segue now no i think that was our, a pretty good segue actually. yeah um so we this is a topic i i've had for a little bit that i thought let's just do it um you know let's talk about you know it we're basically calling it gatekeeping or uh you know musical taste making the idea that um the choices that we make with music uh you know for what we like with music and sort of the choices that 
society, you know, at large has made uh, about, you know, what is good music and what is not has not really been our own choice and more the uh, result of, of other people, you know, kind of controlling the flows of music. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's it's a it's a strange subject because i i think you know there are a lot of different attack angles you could you could sort of go through in this way like because i i i mean i'll say it right now i i think that they exist but i don't think that they are like absolutely in charge of things uh but i think those people that are like you know that, that think it's all bullshit it's like it's really not like i think the people that think it's bullshit are usually to me critics and people who are actually are tastemakers gatekeepers so um i, I don't know what, what what let's what, what, why don't you start off for us though yeah um, I, I mean i i think people who don't think that they are affected or just in general music listeners are affected by some level of gatekeeping are either naive or have you know some type of vested interest in um you know i agree maybe it's critics who don't want to um take ownership or take responsibility for the fact that and maybe they don't even view it that way and i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that you i mean people do like when music is cured or not even music when things are curated for them Mm-hmm. Um, they like when they're given um, suggestions, like we all are, and I don't think that's inherently a bad thing. But, but I, I would argue that that a suggestion is different from, I would say, gatekeeping in a way, because like I think su- suggestion I, I find turn is more of a positive term. Like you, you know, you suggest music you like to somebody, or you suggest music that you think somebody would like, but. I think a gatekeeper, like, you know, like a, a critic doesn't always have to be positive. Mm-hmm. So, the, the, but I'm sorry, I interrupted you. So. Yeah, I, I think it, it, it depends. Um, I mean, I think they're relatively similar, at least on paper, what's happening. But the the slant and the way people interpret it um, might push it in one direction. I, I think what's especially complicated about... Um, or what complicates this conversation is that you know there is there are fewer excuses than ever to yeah. be susceptible to gatekeeping nowadays. I mean, there there are, there are no shortage of tools you can use to find your own path um, and to, to decide for well, yourself what's worth. Arguably, um, though, they I would because you know the the first tool I think of to use would be like rate your music, but you know that they, that's aggregated by users oh for, for sure yeah and so, I, I think it's it's better than it has been in the past but you're totally right yeah. that it's not foolproof because there still have to be i mean you know rate your music doesn't just populate out of you know out of thin air and, and Bandcamp obviously that's populated for people actually putting their music on the platform there are plenty of artists mm. who are worthwhile who who don't use Bandcamp or who you know vice versa were you know kind of underground artists on Bandcamp who you know don't make their way into rate music so you might not see it Obviously, you know, people who are Sputnik music is much more of a community than radio music, at least in my view. It's much more people engaging. I, mean, I know there's comments yeah. and reviews on radio music, but I don't think it has the same kind of culture. It, it, it doesn't. And and that's exactly. And, and I've noticed it um, myself with my own music circles is that there are certain artists that people um, they become a meme. And it's, it's kind of a, a counterculture type thing where uh, when enough people are 
against or for one artist, it kind of becomes a hive mind. I mean, I see this, you name any popular artist, a popular pitchfork artist or, or popular uh, Rolling Stone artist that, you know, people who are in that bubble and, and are kind of locked into that gatekeeping, they have an idea. And I'm curious, when you go to Rolling Stone, for an example, how many people who are like so lock in, locked into Rolling Stone's opinion, you know, like older, you know, ex-hippies and whatnot, how many people genuinely thought that, uh, what was a few years ago, that U2 released the best album of that year? I forget <laughs> when it was. Like, how many people genuinely thought? Because they, I mean, Pitchfork is, is a broader, they offer a broader scope of coverage, but I mean, obviously they, they have their own. They, they're still just as biased. Oh, yeah. oh, for sure. But at least they, they cover more genres and more releases than, at least just by the very nature, by the very nature of their platform, they do, they Rolling publish. Stone, Rolling Stone, you know, reviews a lot of different music. Sure, um, but, but by, it, the, it, by the nature but, of Pitchfork. But, but it, it, it doesn't always make it to like, you know, doesn't always make headlines for them. Yeah, and, and by the nature of Pitchfork's platform, they just they just publish a sh- you know sheer larger volume yeah. of of reviews. Yeah, um, I mean, also Rolling Stone is way too busy just complaining about you know uh, about the about the Trump administration. Yeah. So, but but I, I think uh, I think that that's the danger of um, you know people who don't see behind or or are are so locked into having a gatekeeper or having someone kind of or. Are comfortable being in the bubble because there are a guarantee are people who still view Rolling Stone as uh, not that they aren't allowed to have musical opinions, but obviously they have not been an actual like dedicated music only magazine for quite some I mean, time. I arguably Pitchfork really isn't either. Oh, in, and in a sense, they're but... they're absolutely going in the same direction. I think they're yeah. they're not as far along as Rolling Stone is right now, but they definitely are going in that direction of having more. Wait, I mean, they now have a I... they now have Sorry, a craft. You, you... Oh, go ahead. I said they now have a craft beer um, publication and festival <laughs> that they're running. You know, they're going. Which there's, there's nothing wrong with that, but you know, there's only so many, there's only so much manpower and resources you can dedicate to covering any one thing. And obviously, ever since they, or maybe not obviously, but ever since they were acquired by Condé Nast, which is a giant, you know, publication conglomerate, they have gotten noticeably more corporate. Which I mean, obviously, yeah. we could talk about whether or not that's a good or bad thing, but it's it's noticeable that their coverage has become, you know, one of my favorite terms I've used before, more beige over time, just <laughs> because. It, I mean, you you can obviously say does that yeah. did that affect it or not, but I, I would say it's it no, I, I I would I would agree with you. I you actually bring up a really good point, um, but I just want to backtrack really quick because I I would argue that um, these people who are you know, as as you say, locked into this kind of gatekeeping. I I feel like they aren't even aware of it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, l- l- like I feel like if we brought this to their attention, they they would just think that we're full of shit. Like it's, you know, it, it it's not something that it, it it's not like they're consciously saying, oh yeah, I believe every single thing this person says to me. <laughs> but like it's it, it's 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 very unconscious. Like like it's it, it's you know be, because I I think there's you know there's a natural tendency for humans to conform you know um and it's and it's just sort of the way that that kind of has to flow uh i don't necessarily think it's a good thing but but like all i say is like i i think that like a lot of this comes from um a lack of understanding you know and i I, you know it's this is where the conversation gets tough because i think critics could argue they're like you know 
but but like think about like the amount of music that that you know comes out every year and you know that number is only growing with you know just independent media yeah. being on the rise you know so you know the, the their argument is like how do you how do you filter through all the crap in a way and it's i, I mean it, they bring up a good question but i don't think that they necessarily answer it very well either because <laughs> yeah. Because so, yeah. it's like sometimes, you know, like you're you, you can be the best critic in the world and you will still sleep on something that is fantastic. Oh, for sure. So yeah. every and, every it, single year yeah. I look back and I, I find albums I missed from the year before every single yeah. year or exactly. you know several years out just because that's there is only a certain amount of time and you're never going to be perfect. But I think the illusion that people have is and I, I don't think you or I or a good number of people who are truly locked into modern music criticism or just you know, following modern music uh, as closely as we do. No, no publication is perfect. No publication is yeah, five. They, they whiff on things. Yeah. Uh, they're, we, we're, they're reactionary. We're definitely not perfect. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, but I think that some people aren't as, you know, I think the, the, the I don't want to say danger because it's obviously not that level of, 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 of an issue, but certainly, People who lock into sites like Pitchfork and Rolling Stone as much as they do, um, I think to them, it might uh, it might push a false sense of what's important, a false sense of what's uh, at least. It, it, I mean, I'm t- I'm talking through my own lens. I, I guess the more obje- quote unquote objective way to say it is that it it will determine the narrative more so based on an unrealistic view of what pitchfork is like pitchfork is that they are i mean ultimately they're kind of an entertainment magazine or, and yeah. so like to say that they're infall- infallible um curators of music is just not accurate because really no one is so for them to dictate culture and because that, that's ultimately what happens i mean artists yeah, that get big and and um you know albums that last and matter i mean that's determined for a lot of people by these kind of magazines exactly i think that that's the big thing is that you know a lot of you know what what we consider you know culture isn't really defined by any one person as much as Mm -hmm. it's kind of focus grouped yeah exactly um, nowadays and you know i again like i think there are there are goods and bads this um if you'll allow me i actually have an analogy uh well sort of like sort of like a um an example sort of outside of the medium of music but um i recently finished a book called uh, disney war all about michael eisner's uh time as ceo of the walt disney company mm. and um you know i i'm i'm a professed disney fan i am a huge disney fan like walt disney is a, is a hero of mine um but you know when eisner's reign took place during you know the times that i was a kid that I went to Disney World, and so you know, my experience of Walt Disney World and arguably Disney himself is you know developed by him in mm-hmm. a sense. And you know, to look back, like to look in the background on what actually happened to see all these, uh, you know, sort of you, you know, like all these boards of directors deciding things and killing things. You, you, like, for example, like um. Like like weird weird facts like um, Lord of the Rings could have been a Disney uh, product. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. Like, but I I think it was Eisner who who just killed it. 
just killed it right off, said it wouldn't work. Um, you know, so, and then, you know, it, it, and I'm not even, like, Peter Jackson was even, was still attached to it be- when it went to Disney. So, like, you know, it, it could have been, like, this massive thing for them, but it wasn't. You know, so it's, a lot of this stuff is, is so controlled, um, but I don't know if it's necessarily bad. I, I, I it's tough because like I, I I don't like the way that corporations have this stranglehold over the American mind, mm-hmm. you know, or or just the you know the mind of any person really feels like nowadays. Um, but like I think if you're aware of it, I think it no longer becomes a problem in a in a sense. What well, what I mean is that like um, you know because it's it's not to say that these focus grouped things can't produce good work you know uh like i I'm, I'm trying to think of like you know like an album that was like focus group to hell you know but still turns out really good um i mean <laughs> i i i feel like I'm, I'm probably gonna be you know regretting this but uh to pip a butterfly i feel like was kind of focus group to hell but um that's just me <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of people would disagree with that, but, like, I just look at, like, the number of producers on it and things like that, and, you know, it just it seems to me, or, like, um, maybe a movie is a better example of this, um, like, like, like a Toy Story that, like, you know, it seems, like, it's it's a really good movie. It's one of my favorite movies, actually, uh, but at the same time, it's, you know, it, it, it's made by Steve Jobs, you know? <laughs> You know, it's it, it's not it's not exactly like this this like ooh this indie filmmaker like, like it's very it's it's heavily corporate you know, um, so like I I I don't think it's bad that they make this stuff, but I think it's bad when it you know like a lot of you know people come only think that this is the only way things can happen mm. basically, I think. That that's sort of where the issue lies is is you know again like like sort of the, the awareness of people and, and you know this isn't to say that like I, I think everybody needs to like you know wake up sheeple you know about like <laughs> you know, about like entertainment you know because I I think it's like a entertainment's goal is to entertain to enjoy to have fun so like you know if you enjoy watching like you know the Fast and Furious movies like. That, that that's good on you like you know enjoy it you know watch the new one that just came out <laughs> you know just but like i i think the the way that sometimes it's shoved down our throats gets really annoying like example like um i remember i was at the mall not too long ago and like uh you know newbury comics like right out front front and center they have a billy eilish t-shirt oh, <laughs> there and i'm like dear. i'm like how is Billie Eilish that big that they have T-shirts that they are not only just selling, but they're selling at the front of the store? Like, I, I don't get it. And I think that in itself brings up the idea of, like, industry plants. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I, I, how do you feel about industry plants? Because I, I, I don't know whether they exist or not. I, I really... Oh, I, I, I totally think they exist. I mean, a, a pretty good, obviously, you can go back to how... In sync and the Backstreet Boys were like literally just plucked out of the street and and, and yeah, or, or like even the Sex Pistols. Yeah, they were like you know tra- trained to be what you know 
the their manager and what the record label wanted them to be. But I think a more recent example yeah. is actually uh, Lana Del Rey, and there's pretty direct proof really? of this. Is that she? Uh, I don't fucking know how how you spell her name now, but um, and actually I, I I like a lot of her her current music, honestly. However, she originally came out as kind of a Britney Spears light. Um, more or less like her earlier music was very much in that vein and it didn't do very well. And either she spelled her name with an, like Lana Del Rey with an A or Lana Del Rey with an E. And they then, you know, pulled it back, kind of, you know, pulled, you know, kind of retracted everything when it didn't do so well. And she re, um, re Re made herself as like kind of like a Nancy Sinatra, that kind of image. Yeah, um, almost. Uh, but like, it's like how Katy Perry started off as a Christian singer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and I, I um, guess I don't know if industry plan is the right word, but definitely something that was consciously created to be successful versus um, out of artistic intent. Uh, yeah, or out of specific artistic intent. Yeah, I, I think it, like an industry plan. I like I I think it's just like it's a term that's tossed around a lot. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's like saying that something's overrated, like, you know what they're talking about, but I think that the word has been used so much that it loses all meaning mm-hmm. in a sense, or at least like it loses its, like its potency. Yeah. As, um, and like, like, you know, cause I, I feel like th- there are some bands out there that like, I don't know, like that you can go sort of either way with, you know, like a Nickelback yeah. type of thing or, you know, I, I, like it's just... I, I think this is sort of, you know, again, uh, another another interesting fracture in this conversation because I, I think that, you know, um, as much as corporations have control over over this stuff, it's still ultimately, like, like the, whether it's successful or not, is ultimately out of their hands. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it either has to, it either, you know, I, you know, either audiences identify with it or they don't. Like, um... I mean, certainly, like, who remembers 98 Degrees over Backstreet Boys? Oh, yeah. <laughs> or, uh, or I remember I had a, a three-song demo from O-Town. I don't know if you remember oh, O-Town. <laughs> but that, they were basically, like, like virtually the exact same. Yeah, or, like, um, uh, kind of, kind of you know, I, I'm trying to think of, like, all those. You remember, like, all those post-grunge bands that, that oh, were God, around yeah. when we were in high school? Like, I mean, like, Three Days Grace, Puddle of Mud, um... I mean, you can keep. Oh, theory of a dead man. Hinder. I, I was looking them all up yesterday because I, I was just curious. I'm like, what's the worst post grunge in like all the Nickelback albums that are like there on the bottom? Which I'm like, guys, <laughs> that, like that, that's not totally fair. But I, I mean, I, I get it. Yeah. But anyway, like it's, I I'll, like there's, you know, e- either like as as ignorant as um the masses can be, you know, they're the ones still deciding this stuff. So like. You know, gatekeepers exist, but at the same time, their power is not infallible. Like you know, like like the, the, they are not uh, omnipotent. Yeah, for uh, for in, sure. In their reach. I mean, there are so. any any number of artists that have really been flashing the pan, huge critical successes and stuff like that, and then just never, um, yeah, never heard from again. Yeah, ne- never kind of maintained their success. Of course, I make that yeah. statement. Can't think of an obvious example, Nos. but. That was a good example, yeah. And actually, rap is probably a good example in general, just because there are so many rappers that you know are the next big thing. Um, yeah, I and just can't. I, I would, I would say the. I think rap is. I don't know. I, I feel like it's kind of an outlier, just because we don't have as much. 
historical, you know, precedence on it. That's true. Like, I, th- I think it's still, like, evolving. I mean, I and this is, I think all music is evolving, but, like, you know, rock's been around for over 50 years now, whereas hip-hop has, this, you know, uh, around 30, I'd say. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I just think that that, like, you know, uh, like, like it's sort of like it, it'd be like saying that like trap and like SoundCloud rap is like, you know, gonna be like the only type of rap forever, and it's like, mm, no, <laughs> like, yeah. or at least let's hope not. Oh <laughs> uh, God! Actually, did did you see the um the Fantano review of um the Trippy Red album? I, I saw it was posted. I didn't. Yeah, I mean, I don't even. I don't know good. what Trippy Red is. Honestly, there there are just, so just many another, rappers. They're all like. I, I mean, can we go on like a little bit of a tangent? Because I, I'm just. I'm just tired of how. It, like for some reason, all you need is a stupid name and facial tattoos, and you can be a SoundCloud rapper. <laughs> but it's it's not. It's not even that surprising, honestly. As long as you have the image, I mean, you can find any. You know. Pretty much any yeah. producer will just give you a beat, and then the lyrics are, um, at best, uh, at it's, best, it's, it's at best, like fucking passable. bitches and uh, and, and, and drinking dirty sprite. Man. Yeah, like at best, they're just kind of cliche and like, all right, whatever. And at worst, it's like some of the worst punchlines you've ever heard. So I mean, like, it's not especially. It's it's just it, it's not difficult, and I hate to say that about you know someone who tr- at least had the mindset that I'm putting artistic and you know intent and effort into something but yeah most in terms of what the the rapper is actually doing and putting into their music cuz they typically are not making the beats or um you know doing I mean, much it, of the marketing it, it, or anything it, it, like it that it depends on who it is um you know i think there are some people who actually have a hand in production but i i would say you know a lot of a lot of that scene seems to be pretty hands-off yeah but like a great example for me is i at one point i was like you know what i'm really into the sound of trap rap you know like i, I a lot of rappers i had um i had uh was listening to at the time had some trap beats i'm like i, I kind of like this you know kind of hazy relaxed vibe let me see what the you know these rappers are about and i started with little xan and like <laughs> a lot of his song this is before his new album came. i didn't even listen to it. i listened to some of his earlier mixtapes and stuff a lot of the songs they're really short Obviously, he didn't produce the beat. He repeats a lot of lyrics. I'm like, what are you even doing? Like, what even is this? But um, kind of to bring it back to our conversation, this yeah. is what this is. I mean, it went from like this is what people are downloading on, you know, um, like mixed, LimeWire, mixed, you know, whatever, <laughs> like you know, whatever mixtape site you want to choose. Um, yeah. And critics bought into it to some degree. I mean, like, even if yeah. they're not giving I mean, a positive... It's the mainstay right now. Yeah, even if they're not giving them positive reviews, they're covering it pretty heavily. Yeah. Like, not even but, just the albums and, and stuff like that, but just, like, every single... Anytime one of them, you know, gets a new face tattoo, it's like, hey, let's let's talk about it. Yeah, or, or like, you know, 6 9 like, you know, farts. Like, you know, <laughs> somebody has a tweet about it. You know, I, and I, I think this is the crux of our argument right here, is that, you know, these, these guys have such a dominant place in popular culture right now and yet they're you know we realize that a lot of them are are kind of shit and you know someone like anthony Fantano is you know willing to you know say that these guys are shit you know yeah and, and it's, um, i think it boils down to i mean they just it's all about who you know it's all about you know being recognized by the the, the right people yeah i mean because they're even Which, even for all these like shitty rappers they're you know 
countless more that are kind of along the same lines, but they just, you know, for some reason they didn't have the right look or the right whatever. <laughs> that, that that's the part of that's the part of this whole thing that that really bugs me the most because like, you know, it, it just makes it seem like art doesn't matter, mm-hmm. even though that this is the thing that they're peddling. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just it just feels like it's 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 very surface level nowadays that like the bar is just really, really low that it's it's, it's not about being a good artist and, you know, actually putting in some sort of personal, um, you know, integrity into what you're doing. It, it's it's more about flash. It's about pizzazz. You know, it's it, it's about getting noticed. Mm hmm instead of instead of actually being about art and that just bothers me because i you know i and i'm i mean i think part of this you know maybe i'm a little salty personally as an artist um who you know wouldn't mind being able to make uh, a career out out of out of doing what i'm doing but i i I mean even beyond me like i i just think there, there are so many great artists out there who just get so overlooked and it isn't because they aren't marketing right or because you know they aren't making good music it's really it's it's because there's this whole other dominant force of bullshit going on and it's 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 very much a machine at the moment that just you know and they don't happen to be able to fit into the teeth of that machine very well Mm -hmm. so they're they're kind of just tossed aside or you know some some just want to circumvent it completely like uh like like a John Zorn or like you know like an independent uh you know avant-garde artist if you will uh, it, it's just yeah not, not, not to get too salty about this i i just it, it's 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 this part of it that that really bugs me be, just because like i think this is this is the exact problem why it's really tough to you know make a career out of being an artist regardless of what medium you're in it's just that be, because a lot of this stuff is so, you know, gate kept. It's so controlled that you know it, it, it basically it, it it's it's sanitization. You know, it's 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 a it's like a new kind of censorship almost. Like it's it's censorship not for moral reasons but for monetary reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just yeah, it just it just sucks. So, uh, but you know. I, like I've like I've been trying to say, I, I I don't think that there are all negatives or all positives to this conversation. This isn't. I think like a lot of conversations we have on here, they, there really isn't one true answer to you know this or like to say that there's some sort of solution to this problem because I I don't think there is at least not that that could be you know discussed you know within the context of like an hour long podcast. So. You know, it's um, it's just it's a very nebulous situation. But I would suggest just you know, just I I really think that if if people just thought a little bit about what they listen to instead of just putting on the next playlist, I think you know it would open up um, you know a lot of a lot of gateways for you know for other people for independent arts, and I and I think that that way is slowly becoming the norm. But it still has a lot more time to go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I'm glad we had this conversation because it's yeah. uh, you know the more I thought about it over the last week, I was like, man, I actually have a lot to say about this. Yeah, uh, if coincidentally, I 
totally forgot about that we were having this conversation until like yesterday or today. <laughs> so uh, a lot of the stuff is just me pulling it out of my ass. But this is this is stuff I that, think about a that, lot. That, that's the um, best source, honestly. Yeah, but my ass. <laughs> it's, it, it's a hole, all right. <laughs> this is specifically your ass. Uh, yes, my ass. Jim uh. Jones' ass. Um, you know, I, I think I got this idea from, um, I think it was Punk Rock NBA, the, uh, the YouTube channel, because he was saying something about, like, um, I think it was during, he did a video on, like, like what happened to new Metal, in a way. And, like, I, I think that that's a great example, is just, like, you know, I, I, I think critics kind of turned on new Metal after a while. And, like, you know, the public kind of followed suit. It, I mean, with, 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 with good reasoning, but <laughs> still. <Yeah. laughs> uh, okay, but l- let's just end it there. Um, let's talk about albums of the week. Uh, Scooter, what do you have for album of the week? So not only is this my album of the week, but this is probably my band name of the decade at least. But mm-hmm. um, And also their album titles are just... Uh, consistently awesome which is impressive since they released so much material uh jimmy can probably already guess what this is but uh, i actually don't know uh, so so this is the newest album from king gizzard and the lizard wizard and the new album is called infest the rat's nest and they over the last two years have released seven new albums um and uh, this year isn't even done yet i mean to varying degrees this is their second album of the year yeah, yeah To varying degrees of success, uh, I didn't listen to their last one that closely. I thought it was pretty good. Not fishing my favorite. for fishies. Fishing for fishies. Uh, just <laughs> Great like great name. Bo- bo- boogie Boogie Rock's not. I, I like the lead single, but in general, it's not. Boogie Rock isn't really my favorite style. Maybe that'll change. But uh, when I heard they were releasing a metal album, I was like, okay, what are they gonna do with this? And it really works, and it's really fun, and it's. Um, it, it it's not the threat like there are a lot of songs in this that are thrash but i think it's being mischaracterized just as their thrash album there are some stoner rock albums on this some more heavy metal songs some kind of speed metal leading songs kind of that like gateway between heavy metal and thrash to an extent yeah. um and it maintains their signature personality their signature exper- exper- experimentalism it's just super fun, you know. It, it has like the energy and the vibe of, um, of thrash, especially you know old school thrash. And they never really, um, they never really totally embrace it though. They definitely keep their signature, you know, kind of riff style that's a bit off kilter. None of the riffs feel really derivative. They f- still have that kind of energy and exploration they always have. And I'm pleasantly, pleasantly surprised that they. Um, they pulled it off. I mean, I don't... Not that I thought they would flounder, but, I mean, uh, metal is... Given what they've done before, I, I'm not surprised by the different rock subgenres they went into, yeah. but I, I didn't know how they would do with metal, and I, I think they did a pretty damn good job. Yeah, I mean, I think also... And there's also thinking about just... I think King Gizzard is, is a little... Um, I think their, their output can be a little varied in quality, um, especially if you're putting out this much material. Oh, for sure, it's, yeah. Can all be hits, um, but I, I'm just curious though. What, what did you think of Nonagon Infinity way back in the day? Even though was that the that last uh, last album they released last year? No, no. Um, Nonagon was before that whole five album cycle. It was it, I, it was the album that like it 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 ends at the beginning. Like it it has like a locked groove in it in the record. I actually. Um... 
started with Microtonal Banana and like the five albums that came oh, out okay. last year. I yeah. haven't listened to that one, which I know I need to fix because um, they were a storied band before then. I, yeah. Even beyond whether it's good or bad, I just feel like given how impressed I've been with some of their releases, I think it would behoove me to explore what they've done before. Yeah, see, I, I wasn't... I, Nonagon sounded like a really cool album because, you know, it's like this like psych garage type of punky type of flavor to it and i'm like i like that that sounds fucking awesome on paper and then i listened to it i'm like this is really disappointing and like that's kind of how i felt about a lot of king gizzard stuff uh honestly but i, I kind of want to give fishing for fishies a, a try just because i i really like boogie rock i like i like me some zz top mm-hmm. um but i also infest the rat's nest because i i think just to see a band sort of exploring you know um exploring other sounds but by adding them to their collective whole i think is is a really cool idea mm-hmm, for um, sure yeah so um so my album of the week uh I, I i have to ask you another question scott why when you work out what what do you listen to usually death metal just because yeah. it's Oh, I mean, it, it, it pumps you up it, yeah it exactly i don't know if going. i need to explain it's just it's, it's the most yeah. it's the most consistently hardcore metal genre yeah no i i'm totally with you which coincidentally is uh my album because a death metal album um because i i don't know, like see for me when i'm walking around which is my workout um as as, as lame as that is um you know, I'll put on anything from like Billy Joel to like you know nails, you know, <laughs> and like jazz, whatever. Like, um, but I randomly I had this band name stuck in my head, and I just ended up looking it up and listening to it, and was incredibly surprised. Uh, Blood Incantation, Starspawn. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I don't know why I was thinking of them. I think I was just thinking of like. What's some good death metal? I think maybe I was thinking of Incantation, but I'm like, I remember us talking about Blood Incantation before. So I just looked that up and I'm like, let's figure it out. You know, like, and I was almost expecting like full on like toilet bowl vocals and everything, but it was super well made and, you know, just super performed. Um, you know, and it's not too long. It's, it's like just over half an hour, I think. Uh, like it's a super short album. I, I think really my only complaint with it is that there's like that little um, like classical sort of interlude that's like I think it's on like the penultimate track. That just it, it feels like it should be just the penultimate track, mm-hmm. or like it, I don't know, it it just feels kind of out of place because the rest of it is just like this like psychotic death metal that like you know it, it, like it it, it it sounds like. HP Lovecraft being like tossed into a lava pit. <laughs> like <laughs> it's it's just like so freaking uh just 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 like I, I get I don't know, would you count them as a brutal band like a brutal death metal band? Because I personally wouldn't. No, no, um, I don't I don't think they they dip into yeah, that. No. But but they they're brutal, like a, a in in the oh, colloquial yeah, yeah, for sure. definition um, of the term that that it's just like their music is very hard hitting and like you know just yeah it's just super super solidly written so yeah yeah uh, I, I think not to go too much on this hand i feel like the yeah. unfortunate part of uh of, of brutal death metal is that brutal is kind of a, a common term used to describe death metal in general so the fact that it 
it is its own dedicated genre is yeah. kind of confusing because brutal death metal as a genre is very distinct in how it sounds. Well, so I, 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 maybe I'm maybe I'm showing how much of a noob I am, but um, isn't slam and brutal death metal like pretty much the same thing? Uh, there's a lot of overlap. I would say slam is um, more ignorant and kind of it's more <laughs> slam heavy. I mean, for, yeah, for, for the lack of a better term, brutal death metal is. Um, is typically more like I would say Devourment, which who actually came out with a really great album uh, just last Friday. Um, good example of brutal death metal, where just everything is more like the vocals are more gurgly, the riffs are more kind of heavy in a way. But um, it's uh, it's a fine line. I would say that the, they're they're relatively interchangeable. I don't think that's yeah that's a wrong. You, you would probably say Slam is more like meathead type of metal yeah and i think slam's a bad term because it, like a slam is like a, a dance well it, 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 quote unquote dance <laughs> yeah well so, i mean slam slam is a thing like like a, a slam is a type of it's kind of a an offshoot of a breakdown like it, it's a it's a thing that is in brutal death metal like it, it's kind of the the slow it's like a breakdown except with riffs if that makes sense whereas a breakdown is just kind of a pattern with strumming a slam is like when you go like the dun 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 like when you have um, yeah. like that kind of slow pattern that's technically what a slam is in brutal death metal um so i don't know why they made it into extrapolated into a riff that's why like for me i i don't really think i think hip hop is the genre and rap is kind of the the actual um, technique, technique used, yeah. uh, but you know, some, I, I'm with you. Some people use it interchangeably, but in any case, uh, I'm glad that you listened to that because that they are one of the, they're one of the metal, the darlings of the death metal, uh, like death metal fandom, and thankfully they are finally returning with a new album this year. So, oh, nice. Picked, I was wondering you, about that. You picked a pretty, yeah. pretty perfect time to get into them because they, sh- yeah. I think they. I'm pretty sure they said they're releasing it this year. They haven't. They're kind of running out of time to announce it, at least in terms of how typical release schedules have been um, happening. He, he, so, because I mean, wasn't wasn't Starspawn like pretty critically acclaimed? Yeah, no, Starspawn was, so, was a huge hit with everyone involved. It, it it makes me think that they're trying to slate it for like an October release date because that that that's like you know when when people try to like put like the best material of the year out. A lot of the times, like I yeah. remember, like uh, like Trosty Exhibition came out like September, October, you know, things like that. Yeah, because it's not it's not too early in the year where you forget about it, but not too late that it'll miss the mark. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it gives you just right enough time. Yeah, and, um, and I feel like they they might just go the normal route where they they'll do like a you know a month or so of, of build up and then be like here it is. So they still have some time. I guess I'm just yeah. used to a lot of releases. Um, like for example, just peek under the hood. Uh, Cult of Luna. I think we yeah. we got their promo like several months ago. I don't even think it's out until like September or October. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be a while. I remember because I think I wrote it down to uh, yeah, it's September twentieth. Yeah, so, and I think we we definitely got it like beginning of the summer, late. <laughs> which it, it, I don't really understand that, but. It, uh, I, yeah. I'm just used to them for for high high you know kind of high profile releases. That's kind of the norm, as we've talked about countless times. But really, yeah. really glad you you listened to it, and, and uh, yeah. I'll probably put that back on because I haven't listened to them for a while. It's a great, it was a great listen. I'm so glad I uh, checked it out. It's it's really cool to just you know put on something that just you know sort of like 
fucks you in the ear while you're walking. Like, I don't know. It, it makes for a, a more fun walk, if, yeah. if you will. That it's just, because like, instead of just like, I don't know, listening to like depressing folk music or like indie pop or something like that, it's, you know, like it, it, it gets you going. It gets your heart beating. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, yeah. All right. That is our episode today. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you guys next week. All right. See ya. Bye.